Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, how are you? I'm swell. I just came back from the Steelers facility where I did my radio show. Traffic was bonkers. So kind of pressed for time, but glad we're getting this in. It's going to be a fun show. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a great guest, a first-time guest. I'm excited to have to have a newcomer tonight. We've got Tyler Gunther from the Dynasty Happy Hour. Tyler, how's it going? Good. It's It's a huge pleasure uh, it, it's a bucket list podcast. I have been wanting to come on. I've been listening to you guys for years. You guys do good stuff, Ryan. Of course, you're everywhere. I mean, wherever you have a podcast in your ear, you're there. Uh, you can't get away from them. You, you're stuck with them. But we all love them. So, and then Matt, it's it's an it's quite an honor to be on a podcast with you because you're one of the the bright minds NFL wise and also. Dynasty. I know when I first listened, you said you just started up Dynasty, and I was kind of like, "Hmm, I wonder if I could beat him in Dynasty in a league." But hearing you, <laughs> you can, <laughs> you can for sure. <laughs> you can hear him grow that. more and more with it, though. I'm just like, uh, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Nice to say. Wow. Glad you're on. We're gonna have to have Tyler back more often. I like. Yeah, this. you're welcome anytime, dude. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, what we've what we've done uh, to prepare for this show over the past day or two is the three of us have taken part in a dynasty startup mock draft. I know, uh, of course, this time of year, a lot of people are getting ready for the fantasy playoffs. Uh, we always have that dynasty mindset, though. We're always looking ahead. So we did a 2019 dynasty startup draft. We did the first five rounds, and we even included 2019 uh, incoming rookies. So tonight we're just going to go through the first five rounds. We'll spend a, a little bit of extra time on the first couple rounds, some interesting players there to talk about. And, and then we'll take a look at, at the end result of what our teams look like after five rounds. Does that sound good, guys? Yep. Absolutely. All right, Tyler, as the guest, we gave you the first pick. We always try to do that. Uh, you took Odell Beckham with that first pick. Matt followed up with Todd Gurley. And in the third spot, I took Saquon Barkley. So let's just pause after the first three picks. Each of us got to pick in, and we'll we'll talk about those a little bit. Tyler Beckham, of course, has been the popular 1.01 pick for, for years now, really. And I think he's he's finally started to get some comp, some competition there, some um, some other players sneaking up. And in fact, if you look at DLF ADP or, or ADP really anywhere across the industry, we're starting to see running backs in that 1.01 spot. What made you stick with Beckham? I'd have to say the new contract gave me, gave me a little more comfort in it and the longevity and receiver. And he's a guy that you could see the Antonio Brown path. He He's going to last a little longer, a, a stout route runner, 5'11", 200 pounds, the only major injury history he has is the, the ankle last year, but that was more of a fluke injury instead of like a, a hamstring, which he had in the beginning of his career, but that's kind of faded away. You don't hear much of that. And I I will admit it was tough to pass up Barkley because uh, it's Barkley. I mean, he's a generational player, and it's just I, – I, I do enjoy seeing the running backs come make a comeback because that's when I started playing fantasies when you had like the APs, the Michael Turners – of those guys up top, and I, I miss that, but I, I still got to go receiver, the longevity, and I just the, the contract really helped me a lot in the in the choice. 
Yeah, I think we have to be, we have to feel pretty safe with Beckham at this point. Uh, I mean, essentially we're seeing him still put up huge numbers with Eli Manning at, at quarterback. And, and we can assume, I, I think it's safe to assume at least that he is going to get a quarterback upgrade, hopefully, maybe even as soon as next year. So Beckham, certainly a safe pick at the top, Matt, you went girly, um, not not a lot of conversation needed with that. I think he's probably the favorite. If you look at 20 leagues, he's probably going to be 1.01 in half of them at least. And then I took Barkley, like I said, at 1.03. He would actually be my 1.01 pick at this point. But this early in the draft, we're kind of splitting hairs. Any of those three uh, are, are candidates for that top spot. Real quick, Ryan, I just want to mention, I mean, it sure looks like, I mean, if two of the top three guys are New York Giants... They must be a powerhouse. Yeah, they're they're pretty good this year, right? <laughs> they're really good, right? Set for years to come. It is it is interesting. You know, we talked a lot <laughs> coming into the year that they had they had Barkley, they had um, they had Beckham, they had Evan Ingram at tight end, and all of those weapons surely would mean good things for Eli Manning, and <laughs> yeah. it hasn't really has, right. hasn't really worked out that way. Next three picks, Tyler took Mike Evans at 1.04. Matt stole Alvin Kamara at at 1.05. I took Christian McCaffrey in the middle of the draft, 1.06. Tyler, I'm going to have to go right back (laughs) to you. This Evans pick is is pretty interesting to me. Matt and I have both been big Evans fans. Of course, his value has, I think it's fair to say it's fallen off a little bit. Um, Probably a guy that you can get later in the first, maybe even into the second round. You liked him enough to take him fourth overall. Tell us about that. I've always been Evan's top three. It's it's easy for me. I mean, the guy has put up historical numbers the, it, from the first four or five years of his career. He His touchdowns have been down, but I don't think it really matters. And once, uh, once they kind of solidify the quarterback position, I'm a big Jameis believer too. I think Jameis is a very talented quarterback. I just think they they might have ruined him in a way to the point where oh, oh, you're our starter, you're not our starter. I think it kind of messed with him mentally to where he doesn't care anymore for the organization, for how they treated him. So he just throws up DGAF balls, and just, which is good for Mike Evans. But, I mean, as you see, Mike Evans still has long speed. He, he can beat defenders. He's strong. He, I think he's gotten a little better after the catch, which was, which was a huge issue for me. But if he gets some space and he's able to turn from like a button hook or something, if he's able to turn, I mean, his arms are like eight feet long. He can stiff arm the heck out of you and gang about 20 yards after the catch if he needed. So I, I just think Mike Evans, he got a new contract as well. Uh, I'm a big proponent of receivers early, and I – I just can't give up Evans. It's it's more of a heart thing for me. I, I love Mike Evans. Yeah, I, I totally respect that. Like I said, I'm a big Mike Evans fan as well. He takes a lot of heat in in the fantasy community, and I think uh, I think a lot of that is unjustified. I, I still view him as a certain first rounder, uh, though probably not quite this high anymore. Uh, you said something there and you kind of mentioned it with your Beckham pick as well, that you're still still building dynasty teams around wide receivers. As kind of, as Matt said earlier, the trend has gone back to running backs with Gurley Barkley, uh, all these, all these sophomore backs just really dominating uh, 
the dynasty landscape lately. So uh, do you kind of feel outnumbered with the wide receiver heavy mentality at this point? Yeah. I mean, if, if I could probably change the pick, it might've been Kamara or McCaffrey. Cause I have them right next to him. I mean, he, you can't really go wrong with anybody. Any one of these picks McCaffrey's shown well with the majority of the carries Kamara. I think after this year is going to be the, the back kind of like what we saw in the first four weeks. So, I mean, if you were to tell me that I was wrong and I should pick Kamara or McCaffrey, I'd be like, okay. I mean, I I don't see what, anything wrong with that, but I just like I said, it's more of a heart thing, and I've always been Evans yeah. one hundred two, one hundred three type guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt, we'll we'll let you get a couple words in here. Uh, kind of really more than your your Kamara pick. I'm interested in where you are with Evans at this point. Yeah, I like him quite a bit. I think it's a very safe pick, but more so than with Evans. Well, I think there's going to be a coaching change. I think there could be a quarterback change. I don't think there should be. I'm still a Jameis believer. Um, I don't trust that organization top to bottom Agreed. all that much, but I like the player an awful lot. Um, the only thing I was going to say is, and, and Tyler kind of already said this, but it looks like he's a big believer of building through receivers, and I really was up until this year. And in my redraft league, I was picking like six or seven overall. I got Kamara, I got McCaffrey the next round, I got Mixon after that. And I just realized the value of one of those 10 to 12 true every down running backs, even if they only last five years in the league, you must win a lot of fantasy games with those guys, plugging them in every week. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And and honestly, I think one thing that that we're going to look at here on, on the show and uh, one thing really all dynasty players should look at as they get ready for the off season is, is just the depth really of each position of the wide receiver position of the running back position, because I think that's going to impact how you should handle the early rounds of your draft. Uh, try to f- look ahead, see what you might get in the third round, the fourth round, the middle rounds. And that, that should really determine what you do in the first and second round as well. All right, let's keep going with the draft. 1.07, Tyler was back on the clock. And and by the way, we treated these as four different teams. So uh, we treated it as a full 12-team draft, and, and we were building four separate teams. So Tyler, with his, his third team, 1.07, took DeAndre Hopkins. Matt took Ezekiel Elliott. I took Tyreek Hill. No surprise there. Matt, we'll start with you this time. You were shocked to get Zeke at eight, right? Yeah, he's a monster. I mean, mean, he's in a good situation. They're finally throwing him passes. He's an elite football player. I mean, he's a monster. There's no way there's seven guys I'd take with in front of Zeke. Okay, so let's name names. Where, How high should, should Elliot have gone? Elliot versus Hopkins? Elliot. Okay, McCaffrey? Elliot, but close. And then, of course, you took Kamara, so clearly you favor right. him. Mike Evans? Elliot. And Barkley? Barkley. Gurley, Beckham? Gurley. Uh, I'm not sure about Odell, but probably Odell. Okay. so I mean, I just love running backs. I want th- three studs. I'm just going to start every week, and he absolutely qualifies. Yeah, so you're thinking Elliot two to three picks higher maybe that's that's probably fair yeah i I can't 105 ish i can't really imagine him falling much lower than 1.8 that certainly certainly looks like a steal uh when you see it on the board 
the last three picks of the first round, Tyler took Michael Thomas. Matt, you took David Johnson. I took Joe Mixon. Um, Mixon's actually the guy I want to talk about of, of these three. Tyler, I'm going to be honest. That felt like a little bit of a reach when I made the pick. In fact, it was I kind of felt like maybe around 10 or 11, there was some type of teardrop, and Mixon was more of a second rounder than a first rounder, but I took him at 112. What are your thoughts on him? I love Mixon. If Hugh is there as their head coach, like rumors are saying, I am not picking him at 112. I would stay away, and you could probably buy low on him that year. But, yeah, Mixon, all the talent in the world, I I feel like they don't get him the ball like they should. He's a back that needs to be fed. He's a guy that is going to get two yards here, maybe five, and then he's going to break off a 30-plus yarder and probably go for a touchdown. He can catch the ball like crazy. He needs to be in a David Johnson-like offense where the offense is Joe Mixon, and I don't think it's there yet. And if Hugh is there... I don't think it will happen until he's actually gone. So that's probably what scares me the most. But, yeah, I, I don't blame you. I'd probably take uh, a running back or two in the next round over him. But, I mean, I don't fault you for it. Yeah, I certainly think some of these running backs we're going to talk about in the second round uh, are are in that same tier with Mixon. So, again, may, maybe a, a drop-off after 10 or 11. Matt, you took David Johnson uh, there in 11 earlier in the year we saw him fall out of the first round in ADP you think he's firmly back inside there or is he no is he his situation's bad yeah. okay I mean and your mixing pick sort of surprised me too uh, I kind of thought that most people would probably lean towards Hunt or Gordon where I took Johnson and where you took Mixon I still am enamored with the talent I'm a Rosen believer I would hope that he catches more passes but a lot of uncertainty I think the Bengals might be on the verge of train wreck city though, too. I mean, like that organization might be in big trouble, especially if Hugh takes over. Um, I think Mixon's a superior talent to just about everyone out here. I just wonder if he'll ever be used right until he gets to another team. I mean, you hear those Hugh Jackson rumors and you just think there's no way, there's no way they would do that. (laughs) How could you do that? But this time last year, it was, it was a done deal that Marvin Lewis was going to be fired and he wasn't. He wasn't so so they've surprised us in the past. Hopefully it doesn't happen again. All right, let me recap the first round and then we'll move on. It went Odell Beckham, Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, Mike Evans in the four spot, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Hopkins, Ezekiel Elliott, Tyreek Hill, Michael Thomas, David Johnson, and Joe Mixon. The pick no none of us like at one twelve. Let's move on to the second round. <laughs> Before we do, if you don't mind, I want to tell people about my bu- our buddies over at Harry's. And I've told you guys out there so many times, I've been doing podcasts for a very long time. Sounds like Tyler's been a listener over the years. Very much appreciated. He probably remembers when I switched to Harry's many moons ago in my ESPN days. No more electric. Now I'm Blade only and Harry's only. And they are all about the holidays for you guys. And forever the man in your life, your dad, your son, your brother, whoever, your husband, who whatever, get them Harry's. Don't get them socks. Don't get them a wallet. Don't get them a tie. Set them up with Harry's. I mean, Harry's makes a long-lasting quality products at a super reasonable price. These German-engineered blades, Tyler's ancestors, are as low as $2 each. 
instead of playing four or five or whatever in the in your local establishments. It's a practical gift to actually use day after day as I do and save them money on blade refills. So you can personalize it to make them feel special. Choose a color that's right for him, maybe black and gold perhaps, just a hunch. Now with limited edition holiday handles, personal engraving options, ready to gift sets come in a handsome gift box, gift sets starting at just 10 bucks. 100% guarantee as always, if he doesn't love it, returns are quick and very, very easy. So for you guys, as a special offer for fans of the show, we partners with, with Harry's to give you $5 off any shave set, including our limited edition holiday sets, when you go to harrys.com slash dynasty. Make it all caps. I'm not sure if it matters, but dynasty should be all, in all caps in case you have any hassles. Plus, you get free shipping. Uh, this offer is for new and returning customers and only available for the holidays. Now, here's what you get. Every Harry's shaving set comes with a weighted wonderful handle with the option to engrave. German-engineered five-blade cartridges that provide a close, comfortable shave. Foaming shave gel for a rich lather. A travel cover to protect your blades. And a handsome holiday gift box. Or if you just want, to, want something for yourself, redeem a Harry's trial offer to experience the, the quality of shave before even committing. So, get your holiday shopping done early. Free shipping ends on December 12th, so get on that. Act now. Go to harrys.com slash dynasty to get $5 off a shave set while supplies last. That's harrys.com slash dynasty. Guys, let's take a look at the second round. First three picks. I was back up to start the second round. I took Devontae Adams to go along with my Joe Mixon pick. Uh, Matt, you followed with Kareem Hunt. And then Tyler took the rookie Nick Chubb. Adams and Hunt kind of feel a little chalky early in the second round. Tyler, let's talk about Nick Chubb. Uh, this is a guy who was uh, going in the fourth, fifth, sixth round as recently as as last month in our ADP mocks. You've got him as an early second rounder. What have you seen that, that has pushed him up that far for you? I love Nick Chubb. He was my 102 in the rookie drafts ahead of Darius Geis. And it just... He looks back. I mean, we're all worried about that knee injury back in college. Is he going to be back? Is is it going to be old Nick Chubb? I think we have definitely seen it. It's him. It's the Nick Chubb we saw freshman year and before the injury. He's catching passes out of the backfield, almost making Duke Johnson just not even a part of that offense, which which sucks because you know a lot of people like Duke Johnson, but Nick Chubb has taken over that backfield in a huge way, and. I think he is here to stay. He's 22, 23 years old, I think, maybe around there. But uh, he's going to have a lot of carries, a lot to do with that offense. The offense is probably going to be – it's going to probably take another step up this offseason once they – either if they retain Freddie Kitchens or they get a new coordinator. Say they bring in the Oklahoma coach. Uh, I'm having trouble remembering his name. But say they bring on him, they implement that offense – and we also Rodney Anderson did in the Oklahoma offense if they bring on him. So I, Nick Chubb's you know the bright future, high ceiling. I just think he's safe, and he's got only up to go. Yeah, I agree. I agree with most of that. Um, and you talked about the the Hugh Jackson concerns with Mixon being in Cincinnati. That's that's one of the things that I think has boosted Chubb's values being away from that that coaching staff. Matt, any concerns about taking Chubb that highly in a startup draft? 
No, I, I was considering it in this neighborhood. My next pick at 205, I was hoping to get Chubb. So, in a way, he kind of went right, right where I thought. All right, let's look at those next three picks then. I took Melvin Gordon at 2.04. Matt, you took Antonio Brown at 2.5. Tyler grabbed Stefan Diggs in the middle of the second round. We've got to talk about Antonio Brown here, Matt. This is a, a guy who's been not only locked in as a first-rounder for several years, but but an early first rounder. And now we see him fall to the middle of the second round. Uh, is this kind of where dynasty owners should be valuing him at this point? I don't know, man. He's wildly productive. I mean, this is a quote down year for him that 95% of the receivers in the world would kill for just a Steelers nugget though. Um, the player watching him looks as good as ever. So it's not like he's declined. This isn't phase one of him declining. But I think because Bell is no longer in the mix, I'm seeing defenses roll coverages AB's way more than ever before. And that therefore, Juju's thriving, the running game's thriving. So he's kind of taking one for the team, and I'm not sure that'll go away. But it's, don't think for one second he's lost a step. He doesn't seem like the kind who would want to take one for the team, honestly, right? Like, he wants his. Agreed. But he also... One thing about A.B. that I can promise you is the Steelers have won a lot of Super Bowls, Juan, Stallworth, and he very much feels like to be considered the best receiver in Steeler history, he has to get a ring. And in a somewhat selfish way, to get that ring, he realizes he might have to not be the decoy, but take a lot of attention from others. Okay, that's fair. Let's keep going. 2.07, I took Juju Smith-Schuster. I couldn't wait any longer. I almost took him at the end of the first, guys, just to just to put that out there. I took Joe Mixon instead, but almost went with Juju. Uh, You'd take Juju ahead of A.B.? Yeah. yeah. I understand. Yep. Yeah. Just turned 22, like, last week. Man, so it's, it's so tempting to, to look at that age, and, and I think it's kind of the opposite effect with Brown, honestly. I think that's a, a ton of what it is, seeing him fall to the second round, but you look at these young guys and some of these young running backs as well. And you just think I'm going to have this guy on my dynasty team for the next 10 years. And it's kind of exciting. Uh, it's a, it's a nice thought, but I mean, how many leagues even last 10 years, if you look, you know, you're, you're going to trade guys, you're going to um, injuries and, and you're going to leave leagues and things like that. So Ben will retire someday. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, yeah, right. it is so tempting to to grab these guys on your team with that mindset, uh, thinking really long-term, and most times it's not realistic. That being said, I still took Juju at, at 2.07. <laughs> Matt, you took Dalvin Cook. Tyler took Adam Thielen. Tyler Thielen is the guy that we've, we've really seen gain some value here. Um, he kind of feels like a steal at 2.09. Yeah, in in my rankings, I have him, I think, top 15. And I actually probably would have went Delvin Cook here because I'm a huge Cook believer. I think Cook is a, is one of the a first-round talent type guy for Dynasty. He, I just think he's having an off year with the injuries, the offensive line being hurt constantly. But I, Thielen, I mean, you can't say enough about where he's coming from. You can't say enough about the eight straight 100-yard games. Uh, he's huge up here. I've actually met him in person. Very humble guy. Knows where he came from. And, uh, yeah, I just, the guy is outstanding. 
he's a terrific route runner, can play in any wide receiver position, the X, the Y, the slot. Uh, there's just nothing this guy can't do. Hands, he's got the banana gloves. You just got to love him. <laughs> yeah, I think the concern with um, the concern with Thielen is we've seen this this quick ascension up up dynasty ranks up ADP, but with that that undrafted, um, you know that that history as a as a UDFA, that lack of draft draft capital. Once he starts to slide, his value is going to slide quickly. Now, whether that happens next year or or two or three years down the road, um, I, I think he doesn't have that that cushion that that so many other players might have. We've seen it with with Doug Baldwin uh, this year. It it took him so long to to creep into that um, that late second round range, despite his big production, and then this year one one down season, and um, he's. Well, spoiler, Dead we didn't draft him, right? He he didn't go in the top five <laughs> right. rounds. So um, that's that's a little bit of a concern for Thielen, but that's that's probably still thinking a couple years down the road. The last three picks of the second round, I took Brandon Cooks. Matt took Julio Jones. Tyler took Keenan Allen. Great pick at the end of the second Matt, again, like like your Antonio Brown pick, we've got to talk about Julio Jones, another guy, uh, longtime first rounder. I knew this was coming as far as falling out of the first round. I didn't expect, and and we don't want to base too much on on one mock draft between between three guys, but to see him fall this far, almost out of the second round, was a shock. Yeah, and to take it a step further, and you, I certainly didn't plan on taking quote, old receivers, but A.B. at 2.5, Julio at 2.11, and then A.J. Green I took at 3.02, they're still three of the best five receivers on the planet, and they're not slowing down. I know they're not 22, but they're really, really good football players. Yeah, that's that's just going to be, uh, again, the battle uh, the dynasty owners face every off season and and usually lose every off season. That that flirtation with uh, with younger players and ignoring older players. That's why we remind everybody that um, the off season is the time to buy the veterans. the The early regular season is the time to sell the veterans. And we're we're not even to the off season. We're not even to the fantasy playoffs yet. And, and based at least on this one mock draft we're seeing guys like julio aj green and others fall down uh fall down in value that being said i was torn between allen and julio that was a total coin flip yeah okay so second round we'll recap that and then we'll move on Devonte adams kareem hunt nick chubb melvin gordon antonio brown stefan diggs at 2.06 juju dalvin cook adam thielen brandon cooks Julio Jones and Keenan Allen to end the second round. Let's look at the third round. Tyler started us off with Travis Kelsey. Matt, you mentioned your AJ Green pick, and then I took James Connor. Connor's the guy I want to want to get your all's thoughts on there. Of course, that's a pick that a year ago, six months ago, would have would have seemed crazy if you know if any of us were told that Connor was going to be a third rounder. Tyler, what are you doing with James Conner? How are you valuing him? Do you assume he's the 2019 starter in Pittsburgh? 
Yeah, he's got to be. With what he's done and what he's shown, I think he is definitely locked in as the Steelers running back to own in 2019 and probably 2020. Uh, I just think with, with Bell gone, he should be around this area. He should be actually earlier, you'd think. I mean, with his with his season he's having – he he's got to be an early like he should be around Chubb. Don't you guys agree around that area? If he's like if we all knew if we all could look into the future and say okay, Nick Chubb is the Browns are starting running back, and if the Steelers running back is James Connor, it should be neck and neck. Yeah, do you guys agree or am I kind of off here? Kind of off here. Um. I just want to chime in because I do think he will be the man going into next year. I bet they use like a fourth round pick on a running back that won't be a threat, but it'll be insurance because behind him is a little, little light or, you know, maybe they sign Jay Ajayi on the cheap or something like that. Um, the only thing I disagree with you on, because therefore his situation is really about as good as anyone on here. I just think that he's the least talented back that we've drafted so far. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, it's certainly boosted up by that situation. I mean, we've seen um, we've seen less talented backs thrive in the Pittsburgh um, backfield, and and it's it's really just a matter of how long is he going to hold that job, and and who do they bring in this offseason? So, um, Connor's kind of a tough guy to value. He's been a tough guy to value all season, as as dynasty owners know. Um, Tyler, as you mentioned, we could see him climb into that second round if if they sign a you know a, a big name, not a huge name, but if they sign an, a name running back, if they draft a third round rookie, we're we're going to probably see him fall in uh, in value. Next three picks: three point oh four, Carry On Johnson; three point oh five, Amari Cooper; three point oh six. Leonard Fournette. I'm really, I'd like to talk about all three of these guys. Tyler, let's start with your carry on Johnson pick. Personally, I'm, I'm just not sold. I'm, I'm a little worried. I was worried coming into the season about the injuries. We've seen that uh, pop up a little bit. He's missed the past couple of games. Uh, We don't want to hold too much against him for, for one rookie season injury, but uh, that, that was a worry of mine. This just feels a little rich for me. Defend that carry on Johnson pick. He's just an all-around back, and in the third round, this is kind of where we would see Joe Mixon go last year, and with his with the season that he had his rookie year, it was kind of off. He had poor yards per carry. We all knew that it should get better, but we weren't sure. He had some injuries. I feel like it's a lot like that, where Carrion is just ultra talented. He's super young. He's I think he just turned twenty-one. He's got young legs. He's he's good at everything, not great at some things, which I do like in a running back. He reminds me a lot of DeMarco Murray when he came out, which is just his running style. Very upright, a guy that has a really good stiff arm, powerful runner for his size. I think he's around like 218. He's not quite 220. He's still a little light, but I think he'll grow into the, the young body he has. Uh, getting more into the weight room, but I just like the upside, and this is definitely an upside pick. Don't get me wrong; I do have, I do have worries, but this is a strict upside pick in the third round. Which, I mean, sometimes in dynasty you have to take, you have to take risk, and you have to take the chance on something you believe in. If you believe in a a guy like Carry On, 
you gotta you gotta jump on the opportunity because there's a chance somebody else in the in the draft believes it too and snags him up, which Ryan, you sniped me so many times in this mock draft. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Well, that 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 makes me smile a little bit. Of course, with only only three guys, it's pretty easy to snipe each other. Um, I hope I sniped you here, though, Ryan. Took your guy right. Before uh, you, you, you certainly did. Yeah, you, you took. That's why I did it. You take Amari Cooper at three five. I, I, I do want to go back to the running backs, Matt, because I was surprised first of all to see Fournette falling. Um, we're in the middle of the third round. He's still still available. But again, I, I was surprised to see Carryon Johnson drafted ahead of him. How are you valuing those two guys specifically, Carryon versus Fournette? Well, I think the Jags are on the cusp of becoming a team that picks in the top five year after year after year again. They got huge cap problems. They have no way to really get the quarterback's situation solved. We could see a change in coaching staffs. And um, here's a little nugget for you: Leonard Fournette has only finished two games this year and he's not going to finish next week's he's only finished two games but he's been an rb1 in both of those games he was an, <laughs> right i mean he looks good he was an rb1 <laughs> um or maybe it was an rb2 yeah uh, we'll check that but anyway he's he's performed well in these games that he has finished but obviously the injuries i talked about the my injury concerns with carry on johnson uh those are those are probably tenfold when it comes to Fournette. um he, he can be a frustrating player to own uh, with those injuries. So, yeah, maybe, maybe I get it. We're, we're probably looking at him as uh, a mid-second rounder at the earliest. In this case, he falls to the middle of the third round. Next set of picks. Zach Ertz at 3.07, T.Y. Hilton 3.08, and Matt, 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 Matt. I stole your guy. 3.09, Aaron Jones. I got him. You didn't get him. How mad were so you I'll give about you that? A, so I'm going to give you a Mari for Aaron Jones in a future third. All right, just make so we can all get our guys. Oh, is that, okay. Is that how it's going? <laughs> um, you just did it out of spite. I know you. No, did. no, no, no. That that felt like good value. So at that point, though, seriously here, three point oh nine, Aaron Jones. We talk about players ascending quickly. Carry on Johnson and, and Nick Chubb and these these rookies. Aaron Jones is is essentially a rookie. We didn't see a ton of him last year. Um, started the the year this year with a suspension and, and has really come on the last month or so. Is this too rich for Aaron Jones towards the end of the third round? No. <laughs> e- easily no, <laughs> no question. You guys really like him. No, he's a great player in a great situation. I love him. I, I've loved him for a couple of years. I hope everyone listening has listened to me on this one. He's going to be a star. He already is. This is a good, very good pick for you, Ryan. Your best pick of the draft. <laughs> Tyler, you, you don't seem so sold. Tell me, tell me about why you uh, are, are doubting this pick. This early. I, I don't know if it's the minimal sample size that we have, and just maybe the coaching change we're going to get might worry me because McCarthy's out, which which actually could be a blessing for Aaron Jones. We've all noticed that uh, McCarthy seems to just be stubborn in his ways and doesn't want to put full commitment into him, but he has been. I just, I don't know. It just could be the purple in my blood up here in Minnesota and him being a Packer. (laughs) That's, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. The the sample size argument is, is a good one. And um, again, that's something that 
the dynasty players always have to have to deal with. You know, if you if you wait for a year's worth of sample size or or more than that, then you're never going to get these guys. So at some point you have to take take these risks on guys you believe in, whether it's Nick Chubb in the early second, Aaron Jones in the late third, whatever it might be. We all have our guys. The end of the third round, Tyler takes Kenny Galladay. Matt takes Darius Geis. I took DJ Moore. Guys, talk about a a drop-off, a teardrop. Oh, yeah. I did not. I didn't love any of these picks, honestly, um, value-wise. I mean, I, I like all three players uh, in a vacuum. They but, don't seem like third-rounders. Right, right. They don't seem like the third guy you should add to your team to start your franchise. They seem like a fourth guy. You should have three studs and then these guys. Yeah, so so Galladay is, of course, a guy we've seen um, really rising throughout the season. That's no surprise. Geis, even with that injury, hasn't hasn't played officially in the NFL yet with that preseason ACL injury, but he's actually maintained his value. We saw Dalvin Cook uh, basically do that a year ago. And then DJ Moore, again, another small sample size. Like Aaron Jones, it's just been the past month or so that he has been playing well. Did I reach for DJ Moore, Tyler? No, I love DJ Moore. Uh, He was actually in contention with Galladay for me. I just went with the targets and thinking Galladay the next three years will probably be the one there. Uh, DJ Moore, maybe they bring back Funchess, but McCaffrey is the center of that offense. And, I mean, we could see Galladay being the center of the offense if, you know, like you said, carry on. And him are going to be the offense, and they like to pass a lot. So I went with Galladay there. But, yeah, I mean, DJ Moore, absolutely love. I I would probably take him there, too. It might be as low as his stock gets. I mean, he is taking over the number one spot for Panthers. Yeah, we've, we've had the conversation on here just who the top rookie receiver really is. Uh, DJ Moore versus Ridley versus Sutton. Um and and I'm, I'm I'm forgetting somebody I feel like, but um, yeah, I think it's I think it's back to more. It was it was more originally when when we all drafted in uh, April May June and and he's reclaimed that spot now. So the third round we'll wrap that up. Travis Kelsey, AJ Green, James Connor, Carryon Johnson, Amari Cooper, Leonard Fournette, Zach Ertz, T Y Hilton, Aaron Jones, Kenny Galladay, Darius Geis, and D J Moore. We're going to run through the fourth round really quickly. Let's look at these six picks at a time. I took Sony Michelle. Matt, you took Corey Davis, Cooper Cup, Cortland Sutton. There's another rookie wide receiver. I grabbed him at the 4.04. Matt took George Kittle, and Tyler took Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes is is the guy who kind of stands out to me there, Tyler. Uh, I think it's it's definitely fair to say and maybe even obvious to say that he has taken over that QB one spot in dynasty. I think uh, a lot of people were quick to do that uh, in their rankings, maybe after week two or three, some people a little more reluctant, but, but I think everybody has to pretty much give in now the, the, the young age, the arm talent, the weapons he has, uh, the coaching staff there. There's, there's really nothing to to not like about Patrick Mahomes. The only question for dynasty owners is how early do you do you take him in a startup draft? I was actually surprised he didn't go earlier than 4.06, Tyler. I I just think it's more of a do you feel lucky type situation with Mahomes in in dynasty startup drafts. It's 
do you feel lucky enough to where he's going to fall to the next round? I, I know it's a single quarterback league, but Mahomes has probably single-handedly possibly carried you to that first seed, uh, maybe even a bye week. And I, it's just insane what he's doing. There's probably going to be regression coming next year, but how much? Uh, the guy is just slinging the ball. They've got tape on him, and I feel like they can't even stop him. And even when they try to stop him, they get an interception. He's got that mentality like, oh, okay, it was just a pick. I'm going to go out there and, and just do what I do. And we all saw that. saw the comps with Favre, and I, I know it's going to be kind of what a lot of people say, but I see it. I see a lot of Favre in him, a, a guy that just likes to play, having fun out there. And if he throws a pick, it is what it is. Is that a good thing with your Vikings background? What was that? Are you allowed to? Are you allowed to like Favre? Because he was, he was a, a Viking for a bit. So <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true too. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love Mahomes. All right. And like I said, it's a thing where how much can you wait? I would say the fourth round is probably where you need to pull the trigger on a guy like Mahomes. He's a, he's a star in the league, and people like to own that that hot player, the the star quarterback. Everybody likes to have that position locked for ten or so years in their dynasty teams, and Mahomes is a guy like that. Yeah, exactly. We we talked about that with uh, with Juju Barkley, the the young guys, and and Mahomes is in that group as well. But but probably even safer because it is the quarterbacks that we see have those uh, those long careers. And I mean, Matt, you and I have preached late round quarterback basically ever since this this show has has been around. Uh, you know, don't pay up for quarterback. Buy Philip Rivers, buy Ben Roethlisberger, buy Tom Brady for a second or, or whatever. I think Mahomes might be the exception for me. Mm, I mean, if anyone is, yes. Uh, but, I mean, it was just a couple – two months ago, I thought Wentz was the number one quarterback easily, and I was thinking about using a pick like that here on, on him. I know Mahomes is a better fantasy asset because he runs, and then Wentz will ba- go back to that too. But I just – refused to take a quarterback in the top five rounds that we went through. I just think there's too many. That's not a knock on Mahomes at all. It's just, you know, there, there's a bunch of quarterbacks. I, I can get them somewhere else. Yep. Yep. That's, that's still your strategy. Yeah. Uh, and, and there are still a ton. I mean, we're seeing that all the veterans that I mentioned, we're still seeing them produce uh, big fantasy points on a weekly basis. Let's finish up the fourth round, the, the back half of it. I mentioned at the beginning we did include rookies. We made it three and a half rounds before uh, one of them came off the board. I took Nikhil Harry at 4.07, and then it went O.J. Howard, Will Fuller, Le'Veon Bell, Allen Robinson, and another rookie, A.J. Brown. A couple guys here to talk about. Uh, I don't know if, if either of you have dug in on the rookies too much. To me, it's it's a it's a pretty deep class, but it's also... Uh, they're also packed in there pretty well. Uh, Harry is my 1.01, but I, I'm I'm fully admitting that could change uh, in in the next month. It could change, certainly change by the time we get some combine uh, information. But for now, he he's my 1.01, and and I was looking at the rest of these guys on the board when I was on the clock at 4.07, and just thinking, I wouldn't trade the 1.01 for any of these guys. I wouldn't trade the 1.01 for Fuller for Lev Bell, for Allen Robinson. So it felt like, the right, felt like the right time to grab uh, my top-ranked rookie. 
uh, any. I don't know the rookies, but that's a really good point you just made because I didn't want to take anybody at this stage in the draft. And I, if one, if 1.01 was something we could draft, I would have taken 1.01. Yeah, and, and you actually see that in a lot of early leagues, which which I love that feature. Guys put together a league, they've got that dynasty fever, and they want to do a startup in, in January or February, which I've done I that. fully <laughs> – yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. I've done that as well. Um, you, you don't want to wait until April or May when we know landing spots, and, and you don't want to take the risk of drafting these rookies really before we know – very much about them. So you draft the positions, you draft the 1.01 and then later in, in the spring or summer, you have your rookie draft. I love that, that format of a dynasty league. And, and we could have done that here, but I like challenged you guys a little bit. I like the Harry pick. And like when Barkley comes out, it goes really high. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Oh, I, I love the Harry pick. I probably would have taken him over Mahomes, but right over my head, I totally forgot we're drafting rookies. So like you said, I would have taken, I would have traded Mahomes for 101. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love Harry. I think he's got Julio-like athleticism at the receiver position. Maybe not quite the speed, but other than that, like the strength and the hands, I think Harry's got it all. Uh, the other rookie that, that you grabbed in that round, Tyler, was A.J. Brown. Do you agree with me that right now Harry Brown – uh, some of these other rookie receivers are, are all pretty close to each other. Yeah, and honestly, it's going to be the NFL Combine that might separate them. Uh, I mean, w- what if Harry runs a, a four five five? That might slide him down a little bit and say uh, a guy that I took next in the third round runs faster. I, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it, but he runs a little faster, shows a little more athleticism. That could bump him up and say he gets drafted well in the NFL draft. That makes a difference. There's a lot of things that happen from here till April and May when the draft happens. So it's going to be fun. There's a lot of receivers. I mean, you, we got uh, Hollywood Brown from Oklahoma, who's a, a very interesting prospect in my eyes, a guy that shows ultra talent, a little older. But, man, if, if he can show well in the combine, he's a guy that could be in the first round and probably be a Kelvin Ridley like that slides slides deeper into the first round and farther far earlier in the first round than what we imagined. And wrapping up the fourth round, just a quick thought on Le'Veon Bell. Uh, what did you guys think? Uh, of course, this is a guy that was going at the top of the draft um, j- just a few months ago, of course, affected by his holdout. Uh, his his likely new team and, and the uncertainties that come along with that. Uh, so we know his value is is has been dropping and, and probably will continue to drop. I was shocked he fell to this point. Matt, were you considering him at all, or was he was he just off your draft list? Well, I think he is a slightly declining player, even when everything was right. I mean, a massive workload. We haven't seen him play football for a while. Um, starting to get a little older, take a whole year off. But I don't know if his, his value is going to continue to drop. I mean, what, four or five months from now, he's going to be $12 million a year from the Jets or Tampa. or We're going to know a home. He's going to be somewhere for big money as the man. And then you're starting them every week again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, uh, so let's recap the fourth round, and we'll move into our final round. We'll, we'll speed through that one. Fourth round, Sony Michelle, Corey Davis, Cooper Cup, 
Cortland Sutton, George Kittle, Patrick Mahomes, Nikhil Harry, the rookie, O.J. Howard, Will Fuller, Le'Veon Bell, Allen Robinson, and another rookie, A.J. Brown. Fifth round, Tyler started with another rookie, D.K. Metcalf, Evan Ingram, Kelvin Harmon, yet another rookie, Calvin Ridley, Philip Lindsay, Jarvis Landry. That's the first half of the fifth round. Matt, who stands out to you in general in that group? We had a couple of rookie receivers, uh, Philip Lindsay, Jarvis Landry has, has really tumbled down the board. Thoughts on any of those guys? Not strong ones. I mean, I don't know the, the incoming rookies, to be very honest. This was kind of the stage in the draft. I had just taken Howard. I was taking Ingram. I didn't want to be without a tight end. You know, it was kind of a def- playing defense on tight ends at this stage of the game. Um, didn't want to be one of those teams that's starting the 8th through 12th tight end. Um, I, I like Ridley. I think he's a smidge overrated. I think he's a good player, but uh, I thought that, that touchdown streak he went on maybe inflated him in dynasty eyes a little, but this is about right. You know, and then I take Lindsay at 5'5", five, five and was like, eh. I mean, I just traded him in a league for Tevin Coleman in a first. I mean, I don't love him. It's not a great spot. Yeah, Lindsay is, is of course, another one of those undrafted guys, and, and dynasty owners struggle with how to value those those players. We see what he's doing week in and week out, but I think there's still that level of uncertainty. Um, is he is he going to hold this job in 2019, especially with uh, another relatively highly drafted back, uh, high, much higher pedigree, at least we could say, with Royce Freeman, though he's he's certainly been – out producing him. Tyler, any thoughts on Philip Lindsay? He, he was the one that kind of stood out to me from this group. Uh, Honestly, to be honest with you, I know Jake Anderson's probably going to ring me for this one, but I'm selling. (laughs) He's like 180 pounds, which really worries me. He is tiny. He's, there's a, he's 24 years old. He's an older rookie. I I get the story. It's, It's a feel good story. But I still like Royce Freeman. I think he's a tremendous buy low in Dynasty. And just the size worries me. I, I, I like Matt. I sold for a first-round pick straight up. I, I got him for nothing, and I sold him for a first. And I feel good about it. I mean, yeah, it sucks to see him go off for 14, 15 points now, but how long is that going to last at 180 pounds? Yeah, I would I would feel pretty good about that move as well. I got to be very honest. I made this pick as I was on the air and really couldn't make a whole lot of thought. And he was fresh on my mind because the team that's winning the league, I'm, I'm the worst team in the league. The woman who's winning the leagues offered me Tevin Coleman in her first, which will probably be 112 for him. And I did, did it in a heartbeat. So yeah. I just picked him. He, he was on the front of your mind. <laughs> All right. The end of the fifth round, the last six picks, Robert Woods, Mike Williams, Tyler Boyd, Christian Kirk, Jarek McKinnon, David Njoku. The fifth round's kind of gross, guys. Kind of <laughs> yeah. gross here. Um, yeah, trade out. I, I Personally, I liked my Tyler Boyd I pick. I like that, kinda too. Kind of felt like a value felt like a value to me. Matt, Jarek McKinnon. I was surprised to see him go. Uh, just love the system. Yeah. Shanahan back. I mean, they gave him a lot of money. They liked him a year ago. Does Matt Breda and, and his performance this season worry you? Do you do you expect a, do you expect yeah. a, a committee backfield there? <laughs> no, I mean, I think McKinnon will be the guy. Uh, Breda might not even. Uh, is Breda going to be able to walk and talk in a year <laughs> or two? I mean, like, 
I mean, he can't be long. I think he just got injured as you're talking. But he'll play through it. He'll get another injury on top of it. I I do like Brita and going to McKinnon. He he was going what Ryan like the the late second early third closer to the end of the season, and he's dropped and like like Matt said he got the contract. I think they can work well together. They're both running backs that need to be split carries. They I don't think both of them can handle a full workload, but they would work very well together. And I would love to see that duo. Kind of like what you saw Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman in, in Atlanta when they had their huge season. Maybe Brita is the the Tevin Coleman because I feel like he's more of a runner running style like him. And then Jarek McKinnon is that Devonta Freeman shifty, the main back in that backfield. So that was our first, our, our top five rounds, guys. We Built some some uh, some pretty good teams out of that. Of course, with only five rounds, all of our teams look pretty strong, I think. <clears throat> I think maybe what was even more interesting were some of the players who did not get drafted. Uh, looking at November DLF ADP, Alshon Jeffrey was the top player who did not get drafted. He was 40th overall, uh, according to that ADP. We did not, did not draft him. He came back from that suspension and, uh, I'm sorry, came back from that injury and really started started out well after that and has kind of slowed down. Really, the entire Eagles offense has slowed down. Rob Gronkowski, similar story, injuries. It's it's weird to see Gronk out of the top 60, Matt. Yeah, very. And actually, the next guy, James White's the one I almost took three or four times. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. To, to me, he He's was... really the, productive. Yeah, to me, he was the clear guy who was going to fall... And basically because I thought he was the clear guy who was overdrafted in in that November ADP. Uh, obviously a great producer for those win now dynasty teams. I don't know if he, you know, I don't know if we can count on him to even come close to repeating that in 2019. Uh, I can't argue that. A couple others, Tevin Coleman, Sammy Watkins, Marlon Mack, those guys. Uh, were top 60 picks last month. They didn't make the cut for for us in this exercise. Coleman will rise. Once he signs with the team, he'll rise like the McKinnon. He'll fourth, third round, no problem. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right on that one. Tyler, uh, any any last thoughts on the mock draft in general? It was fun. It makes me want to start up a new league. <laughs> yeah, let's start a league. <laughs> I know, and I just I dropped a couple this year because I needed to uh, to go back a little bit. But man, doing the mocks, they really get that itch going. Yeah, they really do. Sometimes you can you can do the mocks to. Uh, to scratch that itch and you won't you won't join a new league that you might you might regret when the season well, starts. Well, Ryan, when you're doing your DLF mocks, you know who to get a hold of because I need to get rid of it. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. We'll get you in there. Uh, Tyler, before we go, tell our listeners where they can find you and your work. Yeah, I'm at on Twitter at DHH underscore Tyler. I'm on Dynasty Happy Hour podcast uh, weekly. Sometimes we took a week off this week because uh just needed a breather. A lot of football going on, a lot of family stuff, holidays. But other than that, you know, we're on that podcast. We have the Patreon podcast, and we got the Dynasty Happy Hour website with uh, fantastic writers pushing out articles. We got a lot of Debbie stuff going on with Dwight Peebles. Uh, you should follow him. Uh, Andrew Harbaugh is uh, one of our new just bright writers who writes a lot of Debbie stuff. He's doing a lot of rookie stuff. Follow him. Just 
everybody who writes for us, you guys need to follow and uh, come listen. All right. Thanks so much, Tyler, for joining us. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint. Friends.